You hate a lot of teams. You I hate do. every team. Every team. It's it's honestly exhausting to hate all these teams. I, I don't see how you do it sometimes, but I admire it. I admire your courage. <laughs> Step and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from Dave Campbell's Texas Football for insiders only. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. I'm the Step, Matt Step. See, that's better. We're already getting better at this. Yes. At this intro. Yes. Um, this is the your week one preview edition uh, for Tep and Step. Um, thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, we love you. We'll say this every week. Yes, we do. Please tell your friends to subscribe so that they can get this podcast in their life as well because you need it in your life if you're a high school football fan i think it's kind of uh it's fairly needed especially since we have football this week my man we have football this week and i was going to save this for uh for texas football today but i'll just use it here as well because oh yeah we have texas high school football this week oh, it's so lovely it's so, so glorious i'm so happy like i'm just happier like i woke up this morning just a little bit of uh do you a little extra bounce in your step this bounce, morning? A little bounce. Feeling better. Did Tep wife give you side eye once you got up with she's, a little bounce? She's like, what's your deal? Yeah. I was like, oh, well. It's football season. It's football season, honey. Um, it's very exciting that we've waited. We slogged through a long off season, and I don't know why, but it feels like this off season was even longer. Yeah, um, it seemed, uh, yeah, it did. It seemed like it was pretty long. It, I, was, it was a lot. The stuff hit, like it would, we would have like these week, like a week of just crazy gobs of information hmm. and then we kind of go two or three weeks and it'd be pretty quiet yeah but now it wasn't spread out enough to where we'd have something to talk about almost every week no we had these big gulfs yeah. where there just wasn't much to talk about and now we've got way too much to talk about that's the beauty of this is that like it comes in such a an overwhelming tidal wave that yes. now now like we're going to be in week four and we're going to be like man there's just way too much to talk the, about like we'll, we're going to turn around and the playoffs are going to be starting and That's, we're going to be like what the hell where did the season go where did this come from uh but we will start this edition your week one edition of tap and step uh with as we always do as is tradition here hmm. on the a tradition of three days so far three podcasts yeah. the texas high school football fun fact of the week your texas high school football fun fact of the week matt step do you know, not counting white, what is the most common color in Texas high school football? We're talking, this can be, f uh, you know, primary or secondary. Okay, okay. Um, what is the most, uh, white is number one. There's, of there's course, the, the, the yes. you know, because everyone claims, you yes, know, white to be course, one of their colors. Yes. What is the second, theoretically, most common color in Texas high school football? Give me blue. It's, it's either I think it's either red or blue. Believe it or not, it is not. Really? Red is fourth. Blue is fifth. No way. Yeah. It's black? Black is third. Okay. The second most common color in Texas high school football is gold. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of gold. Green and gold, mm -hmm. black and gold, red and gold. Yeah, gold kind of goes with everything. My alma mater has gold. Yeah. We're, we're purple and gold. If you think about it. So the this is according to our friend Jerry Forrest. Um, the top ten colors. Uh, number one is white, overwhelmingly. I think yes. that makes sense. Two is gold. Three is black. Four is red. Five is blue. Six is maroon. Mm. Seven, 
and this may be, maybe you, you get a little bit of bonus points here. Seven is royal. So it's royal blue. So that's a yeah. kind of blue. Yeah. If you add those two together, they still... Actually, if you add those two together, um, they would be the second most common. Okay. But it is a different shade. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically maroon is a shade of red. Mm-hmm. Purple is purple is eighth. Green is ninth. And navy is tenth. So yeah, I mean, a lot navy, of blues. Yeah, you got royal navy. You even have you know a little light blue. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to you know Carolina, I saw Carolina blue uh, Friday at my according to, to according to this. Um, there are only four te- uh, There are four teams who each have a color all to themselves. One team, one private school team has dark green. One four A team or one five A team rather has midnight blue. One oh, five on. one That's five eight team blue. has platinum, <laughs> and one private school team has yellow gold. Platinum? Who has platinum? Does it say? Know. No, it doesn't. I would have to Mid- go and look. Midlothian Heritage, I, I think, made up like their own color. Like they have like this chrome. Like chrome is one of their colors or something. Chrome. Yeah, Midlothian Heritage. That's so. uh, that's pretty wild. So yeah, the new the new schools are really getting kind of weird with their color scheme. Well, they have to. They have to stand yeah. out. And so I that think, uh, looking at that on our swag shrine here, uh, yes. El Paso Pebble Hills, we have a shirt from El Paso Pebble Hills, and I think they're the only school in the state with their school colors being um, uh, aqua green and burnt orange. That sounds it's a right. Very unique. Color it's very, scheme. very, very unique. But I appreciate it because um, there's enough there's enough teams out there that are uh, red and black. Yeah, red and black, red you know? and white. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the thing. So that. Is your Texas high school football okay. fun fact like that. of the week? So normally on Tep and Step, this would be the portion where we uh, hit the rewind button mm-hmm. and we go back to what happened last week and talk about kind of the uh, the overarching storylines, the big mm-hmm. storylines that came out of the last week of action. But here's the problem: is there's you don't want to review any scrimmages? <laughs> Do you, are you are you comfortable? I declared it the Matt Step principle on Twitter that okay. nobody wins a that nobody wins a scrimmage. I, are you comfortable I, lending your name to that? Uh, of course. Now I don't want to. I mean. I'm definitely not the first person to say no one wins a scrimmage, and I won't be the last. Uh, but I'll, I'll take some credit for it. But you are. But I would say that you're the most prominent person to say it. Wow, you're giving me a lot of credit there. But I'll, 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 I'll take it. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? Scrimmages, scrimmages are like, uh, you know, you, they're like the girl that you meet on the internet, and uh, you really don't know what she looks like. She's got a bunch of makeup on, <laughs> and you see her in person <laughs> because you know teams, you, you know. Your team could look really good against another team, but that team could not even have prepared for it. They're running right. a base vanilla defense. They're not adjusting. I mean, it's, you just really don't know what you're getting in a scrimmage. It's it's because the other team, you have no idea if the other team's even trying to win, mm-hmm. what they're looking at. It can give you false positives. It can give you false negatives. Sometimes they're they're accurate, but more often than not, you know, somebody's not really quote unquote trying in the scrimmage. Yeah. The coaches are looking at certain things and they're. Wanting to be in their base defense, that kind of, and I definitely they're not game planning or making adjustments. No. If, if you're game planning and adjust, making adjustments for scrimmages, uh, that's a little weird. The, then, then you've probably got a long season ahead to be real. Probably honest. if you have to do that for a scrimmage, yeah. you know. So I, I obviously individual position battles, those kind of things. Absolutely, you can look at those kind of things. If you've got a new quarterback, you want to see how he looks, that kind of thing. But no, you know, the I see on Twitter, you know, we won the scrimmage twenty-one to seven. Well, no. <laughs> 
You, no, no, you, partic- it's, you participated. It's a it's a glorified practice, mm-hmm. and it's it's just no one can, it doesn't count on your record. Even though, according to uh, our buddy Brandon Ogden from the Tyler newspaper, he had a coach who submitted his scrimmage records in his overall record. But, but of course, now he was zero and thirty in three years, and then he was five and one in scrimmages. So there, there you go, right there. He's There's five and one example. in scrimmages and zero and thirty in three years as a coach. Yeah. So you know, but but. It, I'm glad to have slogged through it the two weeks. The, it was a long it. two weeks of scrimmage. We're past it. But now it is game week. Yes. And so we can look forward to game one or to week one. And so normally we would do the review part, but there's nothing to review. So mm-hmm. we're going to go to the preview part. And the way, we're gonna, we're, the way we're going to do the preview part here is I want to operate under the idea that you and I have to draft games that we want to attend the most. So... And and by by you drafting a game, that would in this hypothetical world mm-hmm. mean that I would not get to attend that game. So there will be theoretically a winner and a loser in this okay. thing because okay. who will have the better slate of games? Yes. Um, but that's what I want to do because in the end, I think that that is the best way that we can come together as two Texas high school football nerds mm. and get the. 10 games that interest us the most. Maybe not the 10 best games, yeah. but the 10 games that interest us the most. We did a coin flip before the show. Matt Step won the coin flip. All right. He was pumping his fist. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. So I, was, I was ready. I, I don't Ste- win much these days. Matt Step, your week one number one overall draft pick is? <sighs> this is tough. There's a lot of great games. Week, week one is great. Week one is fantastic. And do you remember, am I crazy, or did it used to be that week one was kind of like... Mm, it was fine. There was I seem to remember a couple years ago there was a week one that was just pretty uninspiring. I was just like, oh, there's yeah. a couple games, like but it's kinda of thin. It's kinda of having a week two kinda of is usually a tough week mm-hmm. two, week three are kinda of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Week one, it's it's loaded. Yeah. There's, this is a mammoth week of games. Picking game, you know, we we went through and picked our games for the, the mega preview, my my, my diatribe of coming up on Thursday. Football. Um, and it was hard to narrow it down. It was. There are, there are great games that are not making that preview. Yes. So, if I had to pick one game mm-hmm. right now to see, mm-hmm. give me – I'm going to go to Houston. Ooh. Give me North Shore Katy. Yeah. A rematch cool. of the state quarterfinal matchup last year in which Katy won 31-3, to dominated mm-hmm. the game. I really like North Shore this year. I think um, their freshman – their quarterback now, sophomore, um, mm-hmm. Davis, mm-hmm. Um, has got a full full year, you know, or a half year. He started eight games, I think, last year as a freshman. He's back, and Zach Evans is one of the best running backs in the state of Texas. Um, Katie is Katie. Yeah, I'm excited about Bronson McClellan at quarterback, and of course uh, DeAndre Glass at running back. Uh, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of intrigue there. I mean, it's probably. I don't know if you'll ever you'll see a better running better running back matchup in this in the state or in the country than those two. Yeah, Zach Evans uh, versus DeAndre Glass. Yeah, I mean they won't go against each other literally, but. I don't know if you'll see a better matchup of running backs in the in the country this year of two yeah. teams. What I think is real what what I'm really interested about this is that we're going to get our first look at two traditionally strong defenses that we have questions about. Yes, both have questions. That we don't like like normally with Katie we have like one or two names that we go, okay, that's a guy. Like when Michael Mattis was there, right? Mm-hmm. It was like that's that's Colin the guy. Wilder, the yeah. guy, the guy who played sixty four varsity games and is an unbreakable record. <laughs> he <laughs> it's an unbreakable record. That, that is that he will have that forever. Like yes. unless they add another round of the playoffs, yeah. someone will or a, fit, a weird fifth year of eligibility. And by the way, to do that in to do that, it's six A. 
is yes. incredible. Yeah. Anyway. Doesn't but, get talked about enough. But normally, Katie has one or two guys defensively, and North Shore is the same way, mm-hmm. that they'll have one or two guys that are like, oh, yeah, those are going to be those headliners on defense. Those are the guys we're going to be talking about all year, all year long. With Katie... It, that's just not the case this year. Like, they've got some guys that Angulo, I think they call him Jay uh, mm-hmm. Angulo, mm-hmm. Um, kind of the safety guy. Uh, the secondary... Secondary should, will be a strength. They've got be, some experience Yeah, there. it should be pretty good. But, like, we don't really know. They're, they're, they're much more of an unknown commodity. Now, the look, Front seven, for sure. Yeah, front seven, for sure. Now, look, I'm... Let me go out on a limb here. Oh, I think okay. Katie's defense is going to be pretty good. Okay, oh, that's a boy. It's, it's bold. You you subscribe to Dave Campbell's text for that ball. kind of insight, for right? That kind of insight, of course. But that front seven is is a mystery, and we don't really know. So we'll get our first look at it against, by the way, a running game that is absolutely going to test them. Yes. The same way goes for North Shore. Now they've got Tony Bradford. He's probably the like probably the most known commodity on this and on either side this year, um, but. That, that big defensive lineman. But, but past that, it's like, yeah. who is it? Who's going to be this guy that, that steps up? For, on, I'll, I'll go out of limits and North Shore will be fast on defense. The, oh, boy. boy. Bold. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Careful out there on that yeah. limb. We know that. Yeah. But, uh, but like you said, I mean, going up against that KD offense, we know KD's going to run the football. Yeah. We know KD's going to be physical. We know they're going to come right at you, and they're going to say, okay, this is what we do well, and then you stop us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a kind of a test of wills in a, in a lot of way. Can can North Shore's speed uh, contain um, the KD offense with you know DeAndre Glass, and then I think McClellan, you know he he got he got a little cup of coffee last year as a freshman, and I think they're expecting big things out of him. And if KD gets that play action passing game going, then they're they're almost unstoppable. Do we underrate John K? I was thinking about this as we were having this conversation. That he's done. I mean, he he. It's tough to follow a le- you know following David yeah. Amon. I mean, he he had to follow a legend, and um, you know, as far as what he's done since he took over. I mean, he's won a state title. He took him to the quarterfinals last year. Um, I think in sixteen he they went they went on a I think they lost in the quarterfinals in sixteen to a Tascosita mm-hmm. if memory serves. So I mean, he's last three years have been really really special at North Shore, and to be honest, I. These aren't these North Shore's had more talented teams in the past for sure, mm-hmm. and so I think he's really done a lot with with North Shore teams that are still talented, but not quite as loaded as some of the teams they've had in years past. So he's forty two and fourteen in four years there, and by the way, like when you when you think about like the way that North Shore and way he schedules and the the districts he's always in. Mm-hmm. And the playoff runs. And the playoff runs, they have <laughs> to go through go Region through 3. Gauntlet. Yeah, in Division 1. That, like, having 14 losses in, in you know, what, 56 games is really remarkable. And and for all we talk about Gary Joseph as one of the legends of Texas high school football. Rightfully so, yeah. For sure, a Hall of Famer, like, you, you, can't, you can't do anything. To, you can't say anything about him in, in the negative. John Kay, I think, is super underrated, and yes. I think that I think that he is what he does there at North Shore is really impressive. We're not going to get into predictions. You can you can get predictions at TexasFootball.com. Mm-hmm. Those are free. You don't want those. That's not that's not, that's premium. But yeah, coming from the inside, I think that's a good, I think that's a good good pick for North Shore and Katie. That's uh, that's pretty solid. All right, my first overall draft pick is one that uh, I have to make. I am legally obligated to make, contractually obligated to make, uh, because it is the Fox Sports Southwest big game of the week out in East Texas. I'll be there at Lobo Stadium for Lufkin at Longview. That's my number one. And so I've known, full disclosure, I've known that it was going to be Lufkin and Longview for probably like three months. 
two months maybe is when they pretty much narrowed it down. I knew about a month before they announced it. And I kind of thought about it, and I was like, oh, man, that's, that's a really good game. That's a, that's, that's a great game. That's a great pick. Great, great atmosphere. It'll be great. And every passing day, I get more excited about it. That I think that you've got two teams that put aside for a moment the history, the, the recent history they have, where they played twice last year, mm-hmm. including an unforgettable playoff game. They've played twice Gosh, they've, they've met in the playoffs a lot. Yeah, I mean, there was a two or three years ago where, where Longview had some crazy comeback in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is – but this rivalry goes back. I mean, this is this is generational yeah. rivalry here. And the, from from every aspect of it, from the atmosphere, from the fact that it's going to be televised, which I think will add another element to it, um, to the – like the individual playmakers on both sides, to the fact that I think that they really complement each other really well in the sense that I think that what Lufkin does really well, Longview's one of the few teams out there that is going to be able to 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 match them and challenge them in, mm-hmm. that, in that regard. I'm really excited about this one. My key on this one, I really think, is um, it's a Longview offensive line against the Lufkin defensive yes, line. Yes, yeah, in... Full disclosure that that's one of the big big pieces of my preview is mm-hmm. talking about you know that match that matchup I think is going to ter- determine who wins this game. It is Longview's going to be a little bit younger on the offensive line. Um, they've got some experience, but they've you know they they got a couple of key losses. They're going to be big. Longview's always big and physical on the offensive line. But Lufkin they got two D one commits on that on that uh, defensive line with the uh, Carl Williams and Braylon Garcia. Um, that's a really good defensive line. They're they're they play angry. Mm-hmm. They're they're really nasty. And, and Longview's offensive line is going to have if they can have a stalemate with that Lufkin defensive line. Longview's got two running backs. Uh, Keelan Williams is kind of the little scat back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the squirt who who took over full time last year when, when Jesse Anderson went down with that hand injury ha- had a great year. Now they have William. They have a, they have a thunder and lightning type atmosphere with with Longview's running game because mm-hmm. Anderson's back healthy for his senior year and he's a he's 200 plus he's a big physical running back and then you you, you bring in five five hundred and forty five pound Keelan Williams yeah. uh, as a, as a change up and so Longview's got that that running game going if they get that running game going you've got Haynes King at quarterback uh, Longview could be really really good offensively this year I think it's I, I think Haynes King is is a big um, you know how he handles this atmosphere will be very telling but at the same time like he's played in this atmosphere yeah and and for like I think that that's why I, I I hate the idea of just like identifying a guy just as a sophomore because I feel like there's different kinds of sophomores. Mm-hmm. Rashad Paul, when he was a sophomore, or like when he was when he was a junior, like having played his sophomore year, was the different kind of sophomore than a lot of other sophomores, yeah. right? Because he had played in big games. Haynes King's that same way. Played he's 15, played in big games. Yeah, played 15 games last year. Mm-hmm. He's you know as as a sophomore, he played a season and a half already. Yeah. So I mean, for a lot of guys. He's got more experience before he's even taken the snap as a junior than a lot of seniors have. Yeah. It's going to be fun, and, and, and you can watch it live on Fox Sports Southwest. My overlord told me to say that, but we're really excited about that it. That atmosphere is going to be It's going to be jumping. Lobo Stadium is a, is, is a really real, – it's a, it's a great place to see a football game. It, it's, it's a stadium that, that really stands the test of time, in my opinion. It's built into a hill. Mm-hmm. You know, the school is kind of right there. It's, it's, it's tucked in nice and neat. It will be – it will be jam-packed atmosphere. So it says Texas Bob lists a capacity of ninety-two hundred. Yeah. There will be they'll squeeze. They they can get tw- 
They they had the hill there. There'll be people sitting on. There'll, there'll be there'll be twenty thousand people there. It'll be it'll, it'll be great. great. It'll um, be a, a really fun atmosphere um, and Lobo popcorn. Yes, you finally get to. I'm really excited. I've never been. So. I, I, I have already petitioned Fox Southwest to do a segment on Lobo popcorn. I don't, I don't know if they'll listen see, to me. Let me see what I can do. Okay, okay. That's my number one overall draft pick. Now back to Matt Step. We're going through picking our games for Week One that we want to see. Matt Step, what's your second pick in Week One? Well. Well, we're going to stick with the rivalry theme here, and one of the one of the one of the maybe the oldest rivalry in the state, if not top five oldest rivalry. It's at least in the top state. three. It depends on what base it is. Battle the Axe, yeah. Sherman Denison, which I, I, I was a stand for this game, uh, and I'm glad it got included in the uh, the, the the live look in mm-hmm. uh, for Fox Southwest because I think this rivalry. I've seen a Sherman Denison game before, and you want to talk about blood blood rivalry yeah. and just. And I don't want to call it hatred. I think I think they're they're uh, they don't hate each other by any means. But but there is there's a, there's a dislike there. there this is a, a, a you get the side eye. Like if you if you are if you're walking in and you're wearing maroon and you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of people and like, and like you walk by people who are wearing the black and gold, mm-hmm. you're going to get some side. Yeah, eye. there's no question. We talk, uh, when we did our rivalry series on TexasFootball.com a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last off season, I think. Uh, one of the, co- I think it was uh, the the previous coach at Sherman. Uh, someone, you know, they, they they had gone to the state semifinals that year, and uh, coach uh, he saw some guy at the gas station. He goes, uh, Coach, how was your season? And he goes, Oh, we had a great year, went to the semifinals. And he goes, Did you beat Denison? <laughs> that was the only question. And the, the only coach question. was like, Yeah, we, we beat Denison. Okay, it was a good year. It's all that matters, man. I mean. If you can beat if you can beat Denison and your and Sherman, they've lost five in a row. They've never lost five in a row to Denison. Yeah, and uh, they're definitely they, they want you know Coach Martinez. They, they've they've had this one circled on the calendar for a while because they want to end that streak. Well, and and so Sherman is they were five and six last year. It was an ugly record, um, but they got in the playoffs. They which, got in considering the playoffs. where they had been a couple of years ago. It was yeah. You know, they, nice this is turnaround. this is decidedly trending in, in in the right way. So here's a perfect example of where. So our computer projections have Denison as a 22-point favorite. I will go on record right now that there I just don't see there's any way this game is decided by more than, like, two touchdowns. Just because no because there's that's that's a perfect example of, again, early in the, in the computer projections, they don't have a ton of... They're basically going entirely off of preseason data, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. And they're also not taking into account the fact that this is going to be the game like the intensity the passion in this game is going to carry this to a different level and with this game you know this has been a district game for for a long i mean ever since sherman dropped back down to old 4a uh, in the late 80s this has been a district district game and so it's a little got a little bit of a little bit of a different wrinkle mm-hmm. with uh being the first game of the year um but with that being said both teams i, I can promise you they have been preparing for each other all offseason. Yeah, the only question for me, like as far as gameplay is concerned, is like on paper, I totally can buy Denison, right? They've got the guys back. They've got Especially the, on defense. Denison's oh, yeah. defense is going to be very, very – Chad Rogers has, has been very high on his defense mm-hmm. uh, all offseason. And, you know, they, they've got a really good defensive line. And they got, I think, eight starters back on all yeah, they defense. Do. They've got a lot to replace on offense. And, and in Chad Rogers' offense, quarterback is key. They've got to have an operator – of that run-based offense, they, they they mix in some option. Um, they like to run the quarterback, so they've got to find uh, a guy because they lost a really good quarterback the last couple of years. Who put up some big numbers. Uh, whereas Sherman, on the other hand, Sherman has the experience at quarterback, mm-hmm. but they're very young at everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mixed bag there for for the, as far as you look on paper with the matchup. 
Um, so for me, what, what's really interesting is that like Sherman Sherman had a, a very good year as far as getting back to the standard. They're, they're moving in the right direction of the mm-hmm. standard that they want to get there. Um, but they lost a ton. They yes. lost a lot of guys from that team that, that guided them to that kind of comeback year. And so in a week one... I think like that's what that's why I look at this and I'm like, all right, I, I think Denison's probably the team to beat in this game. Yes, I don't see it as a 22 point game, mm-hmm. but I do think that they are the that they're the favorite. Yeah, one guy to keep an eye on from Denison is uh, junior defensive tackle Jordan Hunter. I think mm-hmm. he is. Uh, he had nine sacks as a sophomore. Uh, I think he's a guy who could. You know, I think he's going to be a Division one player. I, mm-hmm. I think he will sign um, with an FBS school uh, once he's done. He's really a difference maker. Um, going against an inexperienced Sherman offensive line, I think he could be the kind of guy who really wrecks and changes that this game. All right, so you t- you're taking um, you're taking the Battle of the Axe. A, a lot a lot to like there. I, I, I can, it's a good pick. I'll, I'll go out on the limb here. This game will be a sellout. Munson, oh, Munson Stadium, which is a cool atmosphere. Munson Stadium's it's it's remodeled stadium, but it's right in downtown Denison, so you get that downtown old school atmosphere mm-hmm. with all the amenities of a nice new stadium. Speaking of atmosphere, my second pick. Um, is going to be a big atmosphere play as well. I'm going to take Brock and Brownwood. It's the other game of the Fox Sports Southwest doubleheader. I'm not just taking it because they have signed checks for me. Not no. just. No, That's definitely part of it. But I'm really excited about this game because I think that there's going to be this, this tendency to look at this game and be like, oh, okay, well, like, Brock is a... Like, Brownwood's a nice team, but Brock is a bona fide title contender. Yeah. Bra- you know, Brownwood, a new coach with Sammy Burnett. They got some, uh, you know, they haven't been amazing the past couple of mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think there's a matchup problem here for Brock. And I think, and a lot of it depends on how the Bra- uh, the Brownwood offensive line plays. But for Brock, the defense that they play is so hyper-aggressive. Mm-hmm. They play that ten one, whereas they're coming after you. Yeah, they're 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 going man up. They're they're going to man up, press man, and they're going to get after you. And you look at Brownwood, and when you got a guy quarterback in Tommy Bowden, you've got a receiver in AJ McCarty. Mm-hmm. We know the kind of offense that Sammy Burnett likes to th- likes to run. There's going to be some running the ball, but he wants to throw it. Yes, he wants to throw it. I think they're like, especially early in the year, and especially with so many other factors here, right? Like um, going on the road, like a five thirty kick, mm-hmm. like you know, first game of the year. I think there's, I think there's a, a potential upset here, and I don't know what it is, but I can't shake this feeling that like Brownwood. Brownwood's going to like here's right, they're going to rise to the occasion. They're going to rise to the on occasion. the big stage, exactly at home, I, I, exactly. And at Gordonwood Stadium, in front of a crazy crowd that's that's excited about this new coach and this new this new kind of regime here. I don't know. There's something about it. Now, look, I think that if you take Brock, you are certainly within your rights. Mm-hmm. I think I think on paper they're the favorite yes. because the the playmakers they have. I think Zach. If you don't know the, the name of Zach Young, their running back or their linebacker rather. Guys, he's a he's a six A stud playing at three A. Yeah. He's a he's awesome. They got the 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 big blue chip tight end in Baylor Cup. Cup. They got another really, uh, got a UNT com- mean green commit on the mm-hmm. offensive line. John Bruner. Br- Br- Brock is going to be able to run the football. Brock is going to be really good. They're, they're going to line up and they're they're going to come right at Brownwood. And that's that's I think defensively that's where Brownwood's weakness is right now is up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of you know the the which whichever defense can rise to the occasion of this game because I think Brownwood I think you're absolutely right I think Brownwood's offense 
is going to be able to take advantage of the Brock defense, especially in the downfield passing game, because of their the experience yeah. and the the ability that Brown was receiving. That there are have. some teams, there are some teams that aren't going to be able to take advantage of when the Brock. When the when Brock over over pursues mm-hmm. and or like when they bust a coverage on that, Brownwood strikes me as a kind of team that can. Yes, they've got the experience at quarterback and they have the receivers who can win those one on one matchups. Sometimes it just comes down to winning your matchup, mm-hmm. especially when you're going against that press man defense. And if your quarterback can hang in there, make that throw because he's going to get hit, he's going to be under duress. If he can hang in the pocket, and make that throw. He's got the receivers that can go up. It's very similar to the Stephenville Argyle matchup last year in the playoffs where Stephenville had the experience at quarterback and they had the receivers to win those one-on-one matchups out yeah. wide, and they were able to, able to hurt Argyle a little bit. Brownwood plays that same style. style of, I mean, Brock plays that same style of defense. I think Brownwood has the ability and playmakers to definitely hurt Brock. Just keep an eye on it. Just keep an eye on it. I'm, not, I'm certainly not out here. Um, I'm certainly not out here you know, calling my shot and saying Brownwood's going to win. But I, I think that if you're looking at this and you're saying, oh, Brownwood, like they were 6-5 and five last year, Brock made a title game, Brock's going to win. Just pump the brakes on him. And there's something also to be said. Sammy Burnett's a Brownwood alum. Mm-hmm. He played for Gordon Wood. He played for Randy Allen at Brownwood. He knows about the tradition. You know, I just that, that, that Brownwood definitely still has a little bit of mystique about it. Mm-hmm. The game being at home, you know, that statue of Gordon Wood just kind of hanging out, hanging out. I, I think yeah. there there could be something special brewing. I think. All right, what's your third pick this week in week one? All right, let's go through the list here. As you're listening to live, to me scrolling through my phone. Looking yeah, because your laptop games. broke. Yes, my laptop broke. All right, I got one. Okay. This is this this is very much a potential upset special here. Let's go out to West Texas. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the land of Mojo. Aha. DeSoto taking the 300-plus mile road trip west to take on the Permian Panthers. Two new head coaches making their debut. Mm-hmm. I'm I, into it. I really... So here's a couple of things, that I'm, and I'm going to talk about this in my preview. Two years ago, DeSoto, the year they won state, early in the season, they went out to Midland to play the Midland, a, good, a good Midland team yeah, that year. That was, was a, good, a, Midland a good Midland team, lost in a close game in the area playoffs to Bowie. Very good Midland high squad. DeSoto had Sean Robinson. Todd Peterman was the coach. They were loaded. DeSoto went out to Midland and darn near got beat. If Sean Robinson doesn't put a cape on yeah, in the fourth quarter for sure. and lead DeSoto back to a win, that, 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 that state title team leaves Grande Communications Stadium with a loss. Hmm. You've got a DeSoto team with a lot of questions. New head coach, new quarterback, new system, new scheme, some question marks on the defensive side of the ball, some questions on uh, in the running game as well. They're going out to Permian to take on a, a Mojo team that has some own questions, mm-hmm. but not as many. And I think a, a potentially more talented Permian team than that Midland High team was a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And I think DeSoto's going into a much more hostile environment at Ratlisting because there's a lot of buzz in Odessa about the Panthers this year. I think they're going to have a big home crowd. This, this, this one I've got on, on, my, on my upset watch list for sure. This is really interesting. Two new coaches, mm-hmm. right? Um, you got Jeff Ellison taking over very late for um, uh, uh, b- 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 Permian. B- b- thank you. At yeah. Permian, um, when Blake Felt left to go be the Midland I- ISD AD. Uh, and you've got Mike Robinson taking over for, for uh, Peterman, who's going over to, to Boswell. Um, Boswell, right? Brewer. Brewer. Yeah, Brewer I, yeah. That's the second time I've done it. John Abenshan texted me about that. He's yeah. like, dude, did I get fired? I made that mistake. <laughs> but it's like, sorry, that's White Settlement Brewer is yes. where Peterman. They're John, really close to each John other. John Abenshan is still the outstanding yes. Canadian coach yes. for, for yes. <laughs> my buddy, fellow Canadian yes, John exactly. Abenshan. So 
I think you're right. And there's a lot of question marks on both of these sides, but I think that right now, if you were to narrow down who has the fewest, it's probably Permian. They probably have, I think, maybe, I mean, normally people say, okay, well, DeSoto will have the talent advantage. And that might be true. But I will tell you that from a single player perspective, Ed Williams might be the best player on the field. Yeah, and Permian's got Ed Williams. They've got Peyton Powell, Mm -hmm. the the Midland Christian transfer, four-star. Peyton Powell's a four-star prospect at quarterback. He is a playmaking dude. And Permian's got, you know, people don't realize they've got two – Two D one commits already. They have two Baylor commits. They have an offensive lineman commit to Baylor, and defensive end linebacker Matt Jones. Uh, Matt Jones. He's a Baylor commit as well, and he's a playmaker as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Permian's got enough talent now. Depth. You know, DeSoto's going to have more talented players across the board, but Permian's front line guys are going to be able to match up uh, with DeSoto. Uh, Shundarian Ward, quarterback uh, for DeSoto. Uh, you know, Coach Robinson's been very high on him. And giving him a lot of praise, and they've, Soto's got two receivers in a, a Levante Chenault and Brian Hansmard. Mm-hmm. But I think the big question for DeSoto is going to be running the football. They did not have a consistent running game last year. Uh, they had a good offensive line, but they couldn't run the football. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is not not as experienced this year, and I don't know if they've settled on that, on that lead running back. And I, I don't know if on the road in his first varsity start in Odessa, mm-hmm. if Coach if Mike Robinson wants to put the game completely on Shandarian Ward's shoulders in this matchup. Uh, computer has Permian as a two point um, as uh, DeSoto is a two point favorite in this one. Um, close game. It's a close game and on that paper. Road trip. I think you're right on that that road trip. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think I still like DeSoto. I think for some reason I think they they, they overcome all those things and, and find a way to win. But and, I, and that'll say a lot if DeSoto can go out to go out to Odessa and win that first game under Mike Robinson. I think it really um, yeah. It, can, it answers a lot of questions because that's that's not an easy road trip for anyone to make in the first game of the season. It bodes well. It bodes well. All right. I'm going to go for my third pick. I'm going south. I'm going to San Antonio. I'm going O'Connor and Cibolo Steel. Um, O'Connor and Cibolo Steel is, is interesting to me for a number of reasons. First of all, I think that, like, I think Steel, um, I, think, I think they're still kind of stinging from last year because last year was not uh, you know as good as it was and as good as they came as as good as they got later yeah, they, as they the got season better, got yeah. got better I feel like that wasn't up to their standards I think I think that there is a real uh, I think there's a group of people on that campus who who simply look at the loss column they go mm-hmm. we lost five games yeah that's not, not our standard they went nine and five last year which yes. in a lot of programs nine and five fantastic and awesome we're gonna name the stadium after you but the Steel, thing, not, yeah. not so much. No, certainly they've not. Got, they, they've set the bar very high there. And, and what, we've, what we've kind of learned, and maybe this is a trend under Steel, for Steel, but last year were they 1-2? and two? Is that what they started off? Like, and then they lost a couple of games in district? Like, um, I, if memory serves, they started the season 1-4? and four? If Something like that. They had an ugly, ugly, ugly record. 1-4, and four, I believe, last year. Because then they lost to uh, – and really what started it was, was the O'Connor game. Mm-hmm. Because O'Connor, mm-hmm. you know, Steele has made a habit of dominating teams from from the San Antonio area. When Steele loses games, it's usually like to Lake Travis or to somebody else, or, or Katie, you know, or, or late in the playoffs against a, a out of area team. If I remember correctly, Steele stole a win like in the at the buzzer on like in week one, and then they lost to O'Connor in week two, and this was that was kind of what started mm-hmm. the spiral. 
So here's a chance to get a little bit of redemption. Yes. But what's so funny is that I feel like it, kind of on, on, on a different level where we were talking about how there are games where the strengths, it's strength on strength. I feel like they have such disparate strengths here in the sense that if you look at O'Connor and you said, okay, what is the thing that O'Connor does really, really well? They have a great offensive line. Brandon Brown, that big offensive line. Yes. They're going to be really special up front. Okay, what's the thing that you were going to say about st- about Steele? Secondary, specifically, or like the defense, specifically back end of the defense. Like, we don't know a ton about their front seven. That's the big question mark. Last year, Steele had the smallest front seven that I've seen them have in a long time, mm-hmm. probably since the school opened. Mm-hmm. They were very small up front, and you know, in the playoff game against Westlake that I was at in the fourth, in the third, second half, they just got worn down. Yeah. Westlake just leaned on them, leaned on them, and they got they wore down. So, Coach Signs told us at coaching school he felt like that that was they were going to be better this year. They they were a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger up front, going to be able to hold up a little more. We know their secondary is great. Mm-hmm. The key for Steele is that front seven. Mm-hmm. Can they hold up? And can can they can they become the difference makers that they had been in the past when Steels had had their great teams? Now, for O'Connor, you mentioned the offensive line is a strength, and it is. got two four-year starters on, on the offensive line, which that's very rare at the 6A level. O'Connor's got questions everywhere else. Every, very every, young. Every skill position is a question. Yes. And they have to have somebody step up and take advantage of what is a very good core. Mm-hmm. You have, like, the guts of your team are very strong. But who can take advantage of that? I know they're excited about this running back, Zion Taylor, um, who— he, he had spurts last yeah. year. He, he, he was kind of a, a change-of-pace guy they had last year, and they brought him in. And he impressed in, 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 in spot duty. But now he's going to have to really carry the bulk of the offense, especially while they break in a new quarterback. Like someone is going to have because look again the the, the steel the steel defense especially the secondary um, Chase Cromartie Xavier Player Jalen Reed the linebacker spot Jalen Jones the cornerback spot this is a very good secondary yes probably the best in San Antonio once again yeah this is going to be this is an opportunity for someone on either team to make a name for himself on the offensive side because the skill positions on both sides are basically non-existent. DeQuavion Thomas, this junior for Steele, is probably the closest thing we have to like a a candidate to have a big game. He's talented. Mm -hmm. He's got a couple of D1 offers already Mm -hmm. just based on his backup dude, but he's He's got to take the full up. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to have to, you know, he's, he's not a guy who's getting six or seven carries a game now. No. He's going to get 20. I do think Steele, with, with Wyatt Beagle at quarterback, you know, he stepped in as a freshman last year. We talk, a lot of guys played as freshmen last year for mm-hmm. some reason at quarterback. Um, he came in, I think, in week five or week six, started the last seven or eight games and, and really impressed. But the offense was very much scaled back to not put the game on his shoulders, uh, which is, was incredibly smart by the Steel coaching staff to do that. He's he's had a full offseason. I think much more of the offense is going to be on his shoulders. And if he can make those throws and make those plays downfield, um, I, I think that's the key for Steel, not only in this game but in the season. If they, if they, they can have a really strong downfield passing game, it's going to open things up for DeQuavian Thomas and make the offense that much more explosive. Here's the other thing from a bigger perspective. I feel like we have a pretty good idea of who the powers in DFW are going to be. I feel like we have a pretty good idea who the powers in Houston are going to be, and I also think that there's a lot of depth there that could make this even more, um, even more dangerous and more fun, that there's a lot of these sleepers that could make that leap, right? 
we don't know what San Antonio looks like. We really don't. Judson's got a ton of rebuilding to do. Yeah, they got some questions. They, they got, got some, questions. They got some questions. Steele's got some questions. Uh, the traditional powers there in the San Antonio area. O'Connor graduated a lot. Exactly. S- the, well, the team may have, may have the fewest questions is maybe Smithson Valley. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but, talk, we may talk about them a little bit later. But that is, to me... I think this. I think we will start to the San Antonio area based on this game and based not necessarily on the result, but what the game looks like. I like look if Steele comes out and they and, and Thomas runs for four hundred yards and they look the part. Watch out. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity for us to get a good feel for what the entire San Antonio area, at least the the, the it's upper a great early measuring state yeah, game, the upper echelon of San Antonio is going to look like. All right, step your fourth pick. You only got two more. All right. I'm going to go down to the small school level. Ah, small school steps back. All right. Hashtag small school step. Get it trending. Give me Childress at Bush. Ah, the panhandle. Uh-huh. Uh, Childress has got – I mean, Childress has aspirations of a state title this year. This, mm-hmm. if this is their year. Um, Luke Latimer back at quarterback. Uh, that defense, Isaiah Darter is one of the, one of the biggest playmakers in the state. Uh, Stephon Harris, Isaiah Daughter and Stephon Harris combined for 13 interceptions last year at the 3-8 level. Jeez. Both those guys are back. Uh, Childress has got playmakers across the board. Mm-hmm. Looked really good in 7-on-7. Seven seven. We watched them. They've got a good-looking group. Bushland <clears throat> dropping down to 3-A after a improbable run to the quarterfinals last year in Class 4-A. Yes, they lose. Bushland loses just about everybody. Yeah. But from a numbers perspective, they should still be pretty good just because they're dropping down. And I think Jimmy Thomas is a really underrated coach up there in the panhandle. Yeah. This is going to be kind of one of those games where I think Childress has a chance to really make a statement with a big win. But Bushland, Bushland just strikes me as one of those teams when you, when you don't expect them to do, do much, they, they find a way to uh, really surprise you. So on the questionnaire, on the di- oh, when we get the, mag- the questionnaire from um – from coaches, one of the things we ask them is, do you think your team is going to be stronger, weaker, or the same? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Thomas told us he thinks they're going to be the same. And what he wrote was, we're going to have less experience, but we're going to be stronger and we're going to be faster. That, to me, and, and this is, there are, there are coaches out there who will sandbag their own team. Jimmy Thomas is not that guy. He he shoots you straight. Yes. And and so when he says He's, that, he's ex-military. He's, he's, ex-mil- he's not going to BS you. He knows what's up. Um I think that so so the, the quarterback that for them is going to be Jared Thomas. He, he was a um, he was a, a he saw action as a a court, as a JV came off a good year uh, last year. To me, this is all about the Bushland defense finding a way to slow down what could be one of the state's most explosive offenses. Yes, and that's why uh, uh, spoiler alert: I'm giving Childers the edge in this mm-hmm. game because Bushland's defense, even last year in their great run, ha- struggled at times. Yes. Uh, you look at when they, when they lost games, they gave, they gave up a lot of points. Uh, they, they struggled getting stops, especially the teams with accurate quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, who, can, who make those little short throws but make the right read, and I think that's kind of where Latimer – I don't think Latimer's going to overwhelm you with, uh, with his, his NFL-type arm or anything, no. but Latimer's going to make the right reads and kind of dink and dunk you to death. And I, that's kind of what, what hurt Bushland last year, and I think that's where Childers' just strength lies. A runner, too. He, he was a 1,000-yard rusher a year ago. Yeah, so I, I asked the big difference in this game. Mm-hmm. Bushland's defense is going to have to kind of prove it to me. Bushland's shown they could score points. 
Last year they scored a lot of points. Bushland's going to put points up. It's going to be that defense, and I think Childers has enough playmakers on their defense to contain the Bushland offense. Yeah, that's 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 I think where I'm at as well. This is the kind of game that like I feel like I know what's going to happen. I feel like Childers is going to come out and they're going to they're going to they're going to win and they're going to win in a way that's like 14 points or so, right? They're going to win relatively comfortably, not run, not going away, but winning relatively comfortably, and that would serve to kind of confirm my priors, kind of confirm what I already think. But if this game is like real close or Bushland wins, there's a lot of rethinking we have to do, not just about Bushland, mm-hmm. who we right now kind of characterize as like good, not great. Yeah, I mean, you, depending on who you talk to, it's like, oh, Bushland or Shallow Water in that district, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think if Bushland wins this game, you, you automatically, you're all right, this team is going to yeah, be Yeah, you cock an eyebrow at it. Yeah. For sure. All right. I'm going to stay small school. Small school tap. We love gonna, small schools. I'm going to go out east. I'm going to go out east. I'm going to talk Gilmer and Atlanta. And I'm going to talk about the fastest game in the state. Yeah. Uh, there is going to be there are going to be tread marks on the field. Yes, in Atlanta, be- between Gilmer and Atlanta, there is so much absurd speed on this field uh, for this one, and I feel like they are going to. Um, I feel like this this is going to be a you know a lot of fun. You're going to see superstars. You're going to see Trey Fluellen get the ball. You're going to see Juwan King for Atlanta. You're going to see Andrew Samples, the quarterback for uh, for Atlanta, who I think has a chance to be really good as well. This was a district game a year ago. They're locking horns again. We talked in the last podcast about how we think Atlanta is like a is like they're they're they're, they're a sexy pick. They're the, they're the sexy pick that now everybody's talking about yes. too much. That like we're like that we 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 may need to back off on them. But I do think that this is like we could find out a ton about them. Mm-hmm. And for two teams that like. One that we we talk about in Atlanta, we say this is the year, this is the year, keep an eye on them. And the other one in Gilmer, who we kind of take for granted, yeah, as just there. always going to be good, we'll find out a lot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see this one. And and especially um, like in East Texas out there, everyone on that Friday night is going to be paying attention to Longview. Everyone's going to be t- paying attention to what they do. They'll probably be paying attention to what Cujo does as well and, and, and a couple of other teams. Yeah, but this, Cedar Hill, yeah. this game is really, really fascinating to me because I think that it, it helps to shape what two different divisions look like. Yeah, This is going to help shape what we think of 4A Division 2 and 3A Division 1, and I'm really excited about it. I want to see what Gilmer looks like offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, graduating Poppy Brown at quarterback, who actually had a good game last night for a Kilgore College a little JUCO shutout. Yeah, um, and you know, he's gone. Gilmer's got a new quarterback. I think Gilmer's going to be much more. I think they're going to rely heavily on Bram Webb at running back. Um, and, and be much more of a run-first type offense. Not, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to slow their pace down by any means, but I think they're going to try to get it done um, in, in a different manner. And that's a, that, that plays in Atlanta. I think Atlanta's front seven's really good. They've got a lot of experience back. So um, whoever wins that matchup, I think is going to – because I think Atlanta's going to put points up on yeah. Gilmer's defense. Uh, Jawan Keene uh, running the ball is one of the state's most underrated running backs. I think Samples can make plays in the passing game. I think the real key in this matchup is that Gilmer offense uh, which has a few question marks going against that veteran Atlanta defense. I think it's good. All right, step last one. This is the last game you get to attend ever. Stay in small school. I've got it's it's, it's another matchup of a veteran team versus a team with uh, a, a lot of questions. Oh crap! Are you going to take the game? I'm thinking Mason Wall. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, taking Mason That's Wall. A good one. Uh, little Concho Valley action yeah. there. Uh, Mason. 
lot back that, yeah. from that team that, that really you know, went to the quarterfinals last year in 2A Division One and lost to Refurio. Uh, Mason's defense last year was one of the state's most underrated and one of the, one of the state's best when you look at it from a points allowed perspective. Going against a Wall team that, that really has graduated the house. I mean, Wall has a lot, a lot of questions, and they're one of the tougher districts in Class 3A Division One. It's a big jump for Mason, a 2A Division One team playing a 3A Division One team. But I, I think they may be up for the task against Wall here. I think I think you're right. I think that's a great pick. And, you know, these are two teams. First of all, the great thing about this game is it'll be done in two hours. If that. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> over. What's the over-under on passes thrown? We'll set, that at, <laughs> we'll set it at 8.5. Yeah. And we'll Boy, that's a, that, that even seems high to me. Because these are two teams that they have an identity yeah. and they want to grind it out. And especially in week one. Uh, you want to, you know, you want to stick to what you do best, and they are going to try to establish uh, exactly who they are, their personality. Um, this game is going to be over in 15 minutes. Yeah. In any case, I think you're you're right that, you know, you've got what's what I like about this is that this is Walls Region One, right? Yes. Three, so yeah. it's Region One, Region Four. Yes. This is something you you won't see very much. The other thing about it is that I feel like if m- like Mason is probably the forgotten team in that four in that region four of two. No doubt, one. It's, it all centers around Furio and Shiner. Everyone's just kind of like, oh, Furio and Shiner, and Mason's just kind of bobbing along. I think because they're always good, mm-hmm. it's like Refurio's always good, and they've got Jason Herring, so it's something worth talking about, right? And they play for titles. Mm-hmm. Shiner, everyone's saying like, this is the year, this is the year. Mm-hmm. So there's that like this year hype factor. Mason is one of those teams that's like always good, but they haven't been to a title since 2011, 12. Twelve. I think it was twelve, and they had David Moore. Yeah, yeah. Um, two thousand twelve, and so it's like, oh, you kind of take them for granted, stuff like that. I think that I think that, that that they're kind of the forgotten team, and if they go out and they beat Wall, they're forgotten no longer. No, everyone's going to pay a big a win ton of over, attention. Over, you know, it's interesting because you have the smaller school has all the experience, and the bigger school has all the the younger players yes. and the question marks. So yes. it's a really fascinating matchup for me. And even though they're in two separate regions, Region 4, Region 1, they're not that far apart from each other either. No. You know, I think about 60, 65 miles separate these two two towns. So yeah. um, really interesting game. Uh, if you like old school football, Mason wing tee, mm-hmm. Walls flex bone, uh, should be a lot of fun. I, I think that's kind of an underrated matchup. My fifth game is Burton and Lexington. Um, oh, yeah. This was the game I was afraid you were going to take. And and it's kind of that same thing. It's 3A versus 2A. Um Experience versus a little bit more youth. Exactly. Lexington is a team that they have a couple playmakers defensively. Allen Allard, I know, is is, is a, a tackling machine. Uh, they've got Speedy Cooper. They've mm-hmm. got the running back. Um, and I know that they're really high on a couple of other guys, a couple, couple of other um, seniors that they've got on this team. It'll be, it's a rare – I don't know if Speedy Cooper's the best player on the field in this game, and that's pretty rare. That, um, that's, this might be like the one time it happened yeah. because he's going up – like there is – for a 3A and 2A game, there is such absurd star power here mm-hmm. that between Caleb Harmel and De- Demondrick Winters for, for Burton mm-hmm. and then Jacoby Cooper and Alan Allard for, for Lexington, there's a ton of star power here. And for me, what I'm really interested to see is, first of all, how they deploy Winters, uh, Burton does, because they, they I, th- I think especially in a non-district game, I wonder how careful they're going to be with him. Yeah, because you know, in the playoffs, Winters is going to be playing pretty much every snap. He'll play every snap, both sides, playoffs. plus special teams. Like yes. He'll be on the field every single time. Early in the year, yeah. I want to see how Burton's offensive line protects Caleb Harmel. Mm-hmm. 
and I want to see how Burton's defensive front kind of mitigates Speedy Cooper. Yeah, Burton, Burton for all the offensive accolades that they have, they have struggled defensively. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I and that's think, the big key for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think this game's going to come down to which defense can, can make plays because I think Lexington has – uh, the the kryptonite for Burton in in that strong running game with, with Speedy Cooper. Yeah, I, I think I think the scoreboard is going to get lit up in this game. I think, I think it's going to come down to which defense can can make stops. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise if this game's in the 40s. I think that there's going to be a lot of, of points scored in this game, and I'm really excited about it. All right, so those are our draft picks. Um, let's see who's your last, fun. Who's your, fun. Who's your, we're going to do this each week. Who's your last pick? Mason Wall. Mason Wall. So so. Here are here are our games. Step took Cadian North Shore, Sherman Denison, Permian DeSoto, Childress Bushland, and Mason Wall. I took Longview Lufkin, Brock Brownwood, Steele O'Connor, Gilmer Atlanta, Burton Lexington. Let us know on Twitter who won this week's draft. Yep. yep. Uh, use the hashtag Tap and Step. One P on Tap, two P's on Step. Let us know who won this week's draft. Um, look again, it's a it's a bang in week one. It's really yeah, really good, and good. and there's a lot of games that we didn't get to, which is why we are going to institute. Another tradition, another bit here on Tep and Step. Mm, we are full of bits. Going to close out every show with the Tep and Step Hipster Games of the Week. These are the games that are not getting the statewide love that maybe people are not paying attention to. That I think are that we think are worth your time. Maybe they don't involve ranked teams. Maybe they don't involve teams that uh, could win state championships. But we think that these are games that you need to be paying attention to. Matt Step. Your week one hipster game of the week. All right, I'm going to go with, and this is a team I've been I've been caping for a little bit. Going with Midland Lee against mm-hmm. Smithson Valley. Okay, I think this game it, it didn't it didn't make the cut for our 30 games of the week, which tells you how good of a week it is. But I think you know I think we we are underrating Midland Lee a little bit in our mm-hmm. ma- I mean I'll I'll go on record. I, no. I think Midland Lee is going to be a very very good team. They're not getting a lot. I think they're getting a little bit overshadowed in West Texas by San Angelo Central. Uh, Amarillo, Tascosa, and Odessa Permian. I think Clint Hartman's got a really, really strong ball club at Middle Lee, and I think this is going to be a great test to go on the road at Smithson Valley. I think it's, I think they're playing away at Smithson mm-hmm. Valley um, against a team that we have ranked in the top 20 uh, as one of the better teams in San Antonio area. Um, I think it's a real measuring stick game for the Rebels. If Middle Lee goes on the road and beats Smithson Valley, I can guarantee you they're going to start making appearances in in, in the rank in the polls yes. this week. I think you're. I think that's 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 an excellent uh, an excellent pick. One, one guy to keep an eye on from Midland Lee is Loic Foundy, the wide receiver. Uh, he moved moved to Midland from Cameroon. I think right before his freshman or eighth grade year, um, started to really come on last year towards the end of the season. So got it. I know he's got an Arkansas offer. He's got some D one offers. Six foot four kid. I think he's a real matchup problem, and with that strong running game that Midland Lee has, they get Foundry in the passing game. I think he can really make some plays. All right, man. Do you want to know, man? Do you want to know what a hipster I am, dude? I'm, man. I'm the hippest guy in the world. You are. Let's Does your go. Wife agree with that? No. <laughs> she will hear this, and, and literally, she's bursting She'll start out laughing. laughing right now. Yeah. Matt Step, my week one hipster game of the week is San Antonio Wagner and Laredo United South. Ooh, so okay. San Antonio Wagner is a team you're going to hear a lot about because with realignment coming out, we talked a little bit about last week that Region One or Division One, Five Division One, Region Four is there for the taking. 
San Antonio Wagner is a six A drop down. Mm-hmm. This is a team um, four that, and six last that was year. not good last year. Four, four and six. six. Yeah. Four and six. They went one and six in district. Yeah. There's a lot there that like I think the, a lot of the measurables you go, what's the big deal, right? I think the same thing kind of applies to Laredo United South. I think there's a lot of reasons to not like them, right? Coaching change. Um, coaching. You got Joe Cost or Jose Cost making his first his first appearance. Um, they you know they only bring back two starters offensively and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that one of these teams. I think we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams and if Wagner is a contender and if Laredo United South can start contending in that South Texas area. Yeah. I know they they really like this Tobias Weaver, their quarterback. Um, they got a couple of players in, in Kayvon Barnes and, and, and Javon Barnes, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that they, you know, who, who both play in the secondary, uh, they're going up against a Wagner team that does need to figure things kind of kind of out offensively. Um, you know, they need to they need to, uh, or rather that that was Wagner. They're going up against a Laredo United uh, South team where they like their defense a lot more. Yeah, Cesar Contreras is the second in, in, in the middle of that defense. I think this is a measuring stick for what I'm looking for. Is does one team come out and dominate this yeah. game? United South last year uh, really had a breakthrough year. Got to the third round of the playoffs for the first time, but uh, you know. Coach Koss, you know, United South's going through basically a, a personality change. You know, mm-hmm. United South last couple of years under Sergio Salinas was much more of a physical, grinded out, run the football type team. Coach Koss likes to air it out and spread spread the ball out. You know, his son was the quarterback at Round Rock Cedar Ridge last year, mm-hmm. and you know, you saw what Cedar Ridge did offensively. They were much more of a spread, uh, more balanced offensive team. So I want to see how United South, that young offense, um, adapts to the new scheme and how they handle the speed because Wagner's going to have a lot of speed. And how United South handles that, that speed of Wagner is going to be key in this matchup. It's going to be fun. Week one of the Texas high school football season is upon us. Get to a game. We don't yeah. care what game you go it's to. It's the best value for your dollar, in the, in my opinion, in the country. I think a it Friday is. night to spend three hours and spend eight to ten bucks at a game. You get in, you get in for like six bucks. Yeah. You spend four bucks on a Frito pie. Yeah. You have a good time. Yeah. Maybe a little hot for Frito pie, but, you know. It's never too much. It's true. Are you, do you do you get what do you get on your Frito pie? Are you an onions and jalapenos guy? Or? I'm an I'm a, I'm an onions and jalapenos guy. Me I too. want it loaded. I want I want everything they'll give me because okay. if I'm going to ingest that gut bomb, like I just want it to be as as, as brutal as possible. as possible, just as brutal as possible. Do you like the Fritos in the bag, like we eat the Frito pie in the yeah, bag. That's, see, that's that's like next level stuff. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh man, like that's that's such you need. So that's going to do it for us. That's our week one preview. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Thank football you insider. Very much. Make sure you tell your friends. For Matt Step, I am Greg Tepper. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Tepper Step. Mm-hmm.